Have you ever thought about creating a niche brand? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur, ready to give you another episode filled with actionable, practical advice to help you grow your voiceover business, this time on the subject of branding, more specifically on the subject of niche branding. Now, for any of you who have taken the voiceover marketing playbook, you probably will remember the module on your unique value proposition and trying to determine ways that you can take your unique value proposition and potentially turn it into niche markets for yourself. My guest today has taken that to a whole other degree. He took that information and didn't just create one, but actually ended up creating multiple niche branding opportunities for himself. And I know that you are going to learn a ton from this interview, and hopefully it inspires you to do the same thing for areas of your business where you think you bring something to the table that maybe no other voice actor does. If I ask someone about my brand, they'd say things like orange, Dr. Pepper, Red Sox or barbecue. And while they're not wrong, there's so much more to building and nurturing a brand. And my guest today has done that at a scale that I don't think any other VOpreneur has. He's an award-winning millennial voice actor, a lifelong character actor, a copy editor and contributing writer for the punk rock satire The Hard Times, a director, and sometimes even a radio host. His credits include Best Buy, Comcast, Home Depot, and this last one I'm a little jealous of, Red Lobster. Welcome to the show, Ian Fishman. Ah, uh, Mark, thank you so much for having me, man. I want you to do my intro for all things in life, because that's, man, talk about getting it down to the most important 30 seconds. Thank you. I sound awesome with you. You, you. as I'm looking through your website, I'm like, dude, I don't feel worthy to interview this guy. He's a, he's a big deal. Like, he does it all. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. He's got like 47 different things on the go. How's he even going to have time to be on the podcast? <laughs> uh, you're very kind. You are very kind, friend. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because you have done something that I don't know that any other voice actor has, or you know, maybe maybe they've done it at just a much, much smaller scale. And that is to just kind of take some of these niche areas that you have created for yourself. And rather than just, you know, setting up a, a genre page on your website, like a lot of us do, you went full blown into creating multiple <laughs> brands. And some of them are quite a bit more involved than than what a lot of people might expect. So at last count, you were running four unique brands. Is it still just four? Oh, it is still just four. That is that's already like it's. It's plenty. Uh, let, let me put it that way. It is It is plenty. I definitely do not need more brands. 
I am trying to shut down the confetti factory as far as like thinking of more more places to jump into with not only with both feet that I have, but with like other people's feet as well. But yeah, the four the four core is is where I'm at. And that's that is where it's gonna stay, at least for a while. I laugh when I think about it. Like, is it just four? Like only four? Like as if that's, <laughs> you know, not enough. But so give us a rundown, just give us a brief rundown of each one of the four different brands that you have created for yourself. Sure, sure. So Fish Sounds voiceover is, that's my bread and butter. In fact, it is brutally buttery. That is my tagline for it is brutally buttery voiceovers. And most of everything that I run and that I do filters through that in one way or another. Uh, I have an LLC for it. Um, I spoke to my CPA and got advice from a couple different other people that were around me uh, who had charted similar paths, and that seemed to be the best way for me to go rather than doing some kind of C-Corp or S-Corp or anything like that. And then I've been full-time as a voice actor for about six and a half years now. And about three years ago, I started to get a bit of a bee in my bonnet about the cannabis industry and seeing just how much money was flooding into that. And then also seeing just how much of an issue the industry was having with stigmatization and with getting good, positive messaging out about what it's actually doing. And so I started high-end voiceover, and that is also an LLC. And I started that as a separate LLC because, you know, it's cannabis. It's what I would say is an extra legal market because it's not illegal, but it's also not entirely legal. Right. And so my thinking with that is that, you know, just trying to cover all my bases to make sure that at the end of the day, you know, if something goes haywire and I've got the government calling on me for one way or for one thing or another with it, I can just shut down this LLC that is specific to the cannabis industry and then keep my main business. Really, it's the same reason that I started doing that I made Fish Sounds an LLC to begin with as well is because like on the off chance that I get I get sued for anything or something comes up where I need to dissolve that business for a legal reason. That way I can just dissolve the business rather than losing my house. So making a separate LLC for that was really just for added protection. And then creating a whole separate brand for it, naturally, not going to mince words. I didn't want to piss off uh, half my clients, not knowing where they land on it, whether or not it would be a deal breaker for them or for specific brands. It seemed to make the most sense to just create a whole nother brand for it which really helped me get going. I used fish sounds to to kind of establish legitimacy for it for myself in the cannabis industry because otherwise it's just, you know, somebody putting up a shingle going, "Hey, hire me." and being able to point back to my main business going, "No really, talk to me about these things." Then from there, the next two really credit goes to my my VO partner Maria Pendolino cuz she saw me and what I was doing to hustle with high end and she approached me with a proposition for millennial voiceover and this was her just being one of the smartest cookies out there looking through common search terms and realizing that you know millennial voiceover is something that comes up a lot for for casting calls but that nobody had picked up millennialvoiceover.com or millennialvoices.com or any other iterations of millennial millennials doing voiceover.com that in and of itself blows my mind by the way like i just want to say that we were that far down the road into, I don't know, do you say trend? I don't know if that's the right word, but that nobody had registered the domains. I mean, yeah, well done you, right? That worked out really great. Yeah, yeah. We got, you know, once and again, like full credit to Maria. She's the one who who saw that hole and pounced. And then from there, you know, she tapped me to be her male counterpart. 
And so we are Millennial VoiceOver. We are helping brands around the world speak millennial, which is its own whole separate thing. And that we didn't create another LLC for that. That's just, uh, it. it's basically a sales funnel that goes back into our individual businesses. And then once we launched that and that started running, also Maria's idea, she saw a potential niche in political voiceover. And that is ultimately what became the Blue Wave Voiceover Collective. I'm one of the co-founders of that. And ultimately, uh, when we were first considering making a political voiceover collective, it was going to be a purple house, so to speak, of you know offering red and blue voices. And then we all realized, hey, wait a minute, we are all Democrats. This is what we want to support. And by leaning into the authenticity of who we are and what we're trying to do here, we're going to be able to differentiate ourselves from every other political commercial house that's out there just by leaning so hard into who we actually are. And that in turn made things kind of go gangbusters for us with it because, you know, for for people who are putting together campaigns on the local, state, national level, whatever it may be, you know, they're going to want people who can speak authentically to the issues and, you know, speak with real passion behind the spots and behind the candidates and such. And we ended up building an SEO powerhouse for that. And it really just kind of kept on going. Blue Wave has been far more successful than our wildest dreams, which is a really, really wonderful thing to be able to say. Yeah, for sure. I'm sitting here listening. I'm just smiling because I'm thinking most of us are struggling to put together one website and one brand. And I would say probably most of us don't even have an LLC. I mean, I don't because I can't in Canada. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. Here you are. You got four brands, four unique websites, two yep. LLCs out of the deal, and a whole whack of demos and everything else all to go along with it. It's it's pretty incredible to hear how you have developed all of this and, and grown it to scale. So one of the things I'm wondering now, I know Thank you. Blue Wave and Millennial, you said you, you worked on those with Maria. So that's a teamwork thing. Mm -hmm. When it came to creating high end and fish sounds, did you create those on your own or did you work with a consultant or branding expert or was that just you being authentically you and translating that into websites and businesses and LLCs? Most of it is me being authentically me. However, with high end, I definitely tapped in for some additional help. So fish sounds. So again, you know, building off of off of making things that are authentically myself, I got my start in voiceover by doing sketch comedy. The first thing that I ever recorded that went anywhere hit at all was a sketch that ended up getting shown on the homepage of YouTube. It ended up blowing up. It got shown on Comedy Central, yada, yada, yada. Like all these, all these fun things that came out of me just like making jokes with my friends. And so I say that because I had a lot of time between when that happened at the end of 2007 and when I went full time in 2015 to be building my brand that is authentically me. And it went through a couple different iterations too before it became like what is really fish sounds and something that I am just like super, super proud of for being that. You know, initially I was looking for a tongue in cheek way to brag about myself. So I called it the Ian Fishman fan club and that worked okay. It, but it also didn't say anything about like who I am, what I'm actually doing. It just said like, hey, I have a fan club. Isn't that cool? And then, you know, as I was looking around for, for what else to change it to and trying to think about what is something that actually hits well with me, my last name being Fishman, I tried for ianfishman.com and somebody else had taken it. I think he's a dentist or something like that, which, you know, more power to them. But 
at the end of the day, it forced me to be a little bit more creative about what am I actually going to call my business and how can I do it in such a way that speaks to who I am, but also makes more clear of what I'm going to be offering. And so Fish Sounds is what it became. And that's the one that, again, is just like purely authentically me being my big, loud, extrovert punk rock self, which is how I make most of my bread and butter. For high end, that was one where I realized pretty quickly, like once I had this idea that I didn't have the benefit of eight years of slowly but surely figuring myself out. And granted, like, you know, at that point, like I've done this already, it's probably going to be one to two years, but I wanted to put some accelerant on that fire and really put out my shingle as fast and as polished as I could, because I could sense that that might be a space that other people would be trying to get into. So I enlisted Celia Siegel. Everybody should at least, at the very least, check out her book if you're interested in your in creating your own authentic brand. 100%, yeah. There's there's a reason why she's the best in the in the industry for that. And we went through a few different iterations of what it could be, like how to make it clear that this is what I'm offering to the cannabis industry, as well as what my personal bona fides were, both as somebody who has had a great deal of personal growth through use of cannabis, as well as medical uses. But in really breaking it down, she was A1 for, for who helped me get there. And then in putting together my demos, really Cliff Zellman and Ann Ganguza, both in the process of making those demos really helped me narrow down what my markets would be within cannabis, as well as how to do it in a way that is not only going to be sellable to the industry, but is still going to be sellable to anybody who's in casting for voiceover at large. Because really, with something like that, I'm trying to be able to appease both. And I think I did an okay job. And that's actually something I wanted to touch on, too, was the fact that you didn't just create a separate website and come up with some branding around that. And, you know, you didn't go out and just get the second LLC. You actually did do a whole suite of demos that were targeted specifically to that. Mm -hmm. That's a huge decision. Like when somebody thinks about spending money on demos and, and most of us are trying to figure out, you know, how do I get a few demos just for my main brand? You went out and did a whole separate suite of demos specifically for this brand. Talk to us a little bit about how that decision came about. Was it just because it was so targeted and so niche that you're like, if I'm going to do it, I just, I got to do it a hundred percent. Like what was, what was the thought process there? So first of all, it was very much for me with this. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. And while I don't know how well it would necessarily work with other things that are that targeted in that niche for this, it felt really necessary. And it felt necessary for a couple different reasons. First of all, for going into a new industry that is not used to having these conversations about like what voiceover is or what it's supposed to cost, what it's supposed to be like, just knowing that it's something that is going to be needed at some point, I really felt that right off the bat, I needed to show not only my versatility as far as being able to anticipate and satisfy and, uh, and build off of their needs, but also, again, to kind of show my bona fides, because otherwise I'm just some dude showing up with a website being like, hey, hire me. And then putting those together, so I knew initially that I was going to do a straight commercial one and a straight political one. And for both of those, I tapped my my buddy Cliff Zellman. And that process was great. Also with that, you know, as, as we're like working on copy together and such, he's given me some notes about like, hey, you might want to think about like this demographic. You might want to think about this part of the industry, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and neither of us are at that point are super versed in the 
basically in like the recreational cannabis industry. So we're just kind of spitballing of like who else could be out there that we should target. And certainly for political, that was a little bit more clear cut because that's where most of that work ended up being at first. And then for when I started working with Anne, I knew that I needed to do an e-learning demo and a medical demo. And I'm really happy that I ended up doing both. And I'm also doubly happy that I ended up doing it with Anne, not only because she's a phenomenal demo producer, can't recommend her enough either, yep. but she also recognized like, hey, Ian, you're gonna be spending a lot of money on something that is very, very specifically targeted for these industries. So why don't we build your demo in such a way that you can have one you could have one demo that you are presenting to that industry that showcases spots that are specific to the cannabis industry and then another e-learning demo that is compiled of most of the same spots that you're then able to then share with the rest of your clients and start and really build up that way and that was huge for me because it meant that frankly i wasn't spending five grand on something that may or may not work I'm spending five grand to enhance this other thing uh, that that may or may not work, but really I'm spending five grand on just two kick-ass demos that are going to get me work no matter what. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. I had the good fortune of being around when some of this stuff was developing, and it was really fun for me to watch you do this. And and if you Thank need you. evidence that this works, I mean, the reason why you and I are sitting here today having this conversation is because you know a few weeks prior to scheduling the interview. <laughs> I had come across a series of advertisements and articles in like, I think it was Entrepreneur Magazine or something. And like, ever since you did this, anytime I come across anything cannabis, I'm like, oh, I'm going to send this to Ian. This might be a lead for Ian. <laughs> and so if you want to talk about the effectiveness of a brand and getting known for a thing, I mean, I don't know if any other voice actors, if you find that anybody else is like, oh, I'm going to send this over to Ian. This might be, but I know I've done it a number of times over the year. Like as soon as I see anything related to the cannabis industry, an advertisement. I mean, I remember sending you pictures of billboards when I was in LA yep, doing yep. my demo with Anganguza. But as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh, I got to send this to Ian. This might be a lead for Ian. So that that speaks to, I guess, the value of being associated with the thing and, and going in on the level that you did. It's it's just, it's so cool to see because it's not something Thank you. that a lot of voice actors would take a chance on. So now that you're a couple years into it, You've invested, obviously, heavily building up the brand, the demos, the LLC and all that sort of stuff. Do you sit back and look back on it and think this was absolutely brilliant, the right decision? Do you think maybe I'll, I, if I had it to do all over again, I'd, I'd do this thing differently? Like now that you've mm -hmm. got a few years separated from the, the creation and, and inception of it, how do you feel? To the first question, I absolutely would have done it again, even though like out of all of the investments that I've made in my voiceover business... Uh, this is the one that took the longest to break even ordinarily like I put together a new demo like it's one of the reasons why I have no problem dropping you know 2500 bucks on a really great new demo is because almost immediately each time I end up getting that back and then some like within a month putting like a good not even a good a great demo together for yourself and letting people know like hey check out all this new stuff that I that I can do and that I have done like just works wonders for your business and uh beyond that the thing that the thing that like really struck me with this so i went into this industry having my own perception of what the challenges were um as i mentioned like there was a lot of the stigmatization of what legal cannabis is a lot of you know it there was a lot of this perception of like it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of frat dudes who just want to get high 
and and there's not much else to this, but they've got money, so they're going to make it happen. And there's obviously far more layers to the industry than that. But one of the things that I that I quickly realized with it that really helped me with the rest of my businesses is being able to sense where that help is actually needed and then being able to act on it. And so what I mean by that is jumping in with both feet, like I, like I mentioned at the top, like I'm very much somebody who is, I'm going to dam all the torpedoes and then I'm going to find more torpedoes to dam. So I went in fully. I started going out to conferences, uh, to cannabis conferences, that is to meet other startups, uh, to meet other publications, just to kind of see like where the need actually is. And I quickly found that it really reinforced that like if you're as a voiceover actor, you are the cherry on top of the Sunday. That's that is what you are. Nobody is unless you're John Hamm. Nobody is going to be building a campaign around you by the time that they get to you. They're just like the everything else is 95 to 98 percent complete. They just need somebody to put a bow on it so that they can send it out to the public. Most of the cannabis industry had no need for that whatsoever. What they needed was they needed explainer videos. They needed things like I can't think of the term for it right now, but audio versions of articles on on their website for accessibility. Right. They had, you know, the the needs for voiceover in the industry were far more than just, hey, hire me for your next commercial. Because for a lot of these companies, they're just like, I can't even think about a commercial. Like, I just need I just need to get this stuff out because they're all startups. Like everybody's always running around with their hair and their pants on fire. So in sensing that, I started pivoting toward, okay, like, what do you actually need and what can I do here? So I started linking up with explainer companies to be able to meet their needs. And, you know, as somebody who is also a pretty accomplished comedy writer, writing explainer videos is fairly second nature to me, not to mention that, like, I narrate them all the time. So being able to pump out that kind of content in tandem with an explainer company for this new client that I'm going out there finding ended up being a win-win-win for all of us. It really tuned me into, as a business owner, listening for what the actual need is rather than just where my service fits for them. And that, that's been a huge mind change for me. I love listening to you talk about it, too, that you're here to talk about creating a brand because ultimately you, you created brands. But in some senses with this one, you, you created a business. It wasn't just a separate yeah. brand. It was it was fully a separate business. So that's the story of high end. Let's talk a little bit about Millennial. Now, it's a partnership. You know, we, mm -hmm. we discussed that Maria had the good fortune of, of coming across these domains, which still blows my mind that nobody had <laughs> <Right>? registered those <laughs> domains. Uh, just talk to us a little bit more about how you and Maria came together on this, because I know that there are other voice actors that have created partnerships or collectives. Maybe sometimes it's a husband and wife duo, you know, or uh, a, a couple of male voice actors and female voice actors that come together and try to, to partner up. Talk to us a little bit about how that all came together. Sure, sure. Uh, this is actually a really nice segue because it's it's all connected. Like Maria and I have been friends for a, a number of years now. We met through uh, the legendary FAFCON. Hopefully there will be another one, but we'll see. But we met through that in either 2015 or 2016 and, you know, stayed in touch. And she saw what I was doing with high end and how, you know, the ways in which I was pushing and creating this new brand that had been working pretty darn well for me. And I happened to be driving through Buffalo with my wife. And we were doing a Great Lakes tour and we got to see Maria and her and her lovely husband and, you know, just hit it off, laughing all night, all this, you know, just having a great time together. 
yada, yada, yada. You know, we go about our days and that's it. Then a couple months later, you know, we check back in and she's like, hey, I found something and I think that it's something that we should jump on. And if you're interested, I'd like to start building this now. And she told me about that process of like recognizing that like these are key search terms and nobody has picked up the domains of these key search terms. Not to mention like just millennial voiceover is such great branding. And I'm not yeah. I'm not saying it just to just to brag. I'm saying it because it is like, it's just yeah, it's just like, you know, exactly what you're getting. Yeah, uh, it's one of the issues that I have, honestly, with my own of brutally buttery, like it's something that I uh, with fish sounds being brutally buttery voiceover. It's something that I kind of have to explain a little bit. Whereas millennial voiceover, authentic, real conversational, you know exactly what you're getting, you know exactly who you're talking to, what they're talking about, why they're talking about it. And that's one where once same kind of deal, like once we realized like, okay, we're doing this, we're, we're humming on this, it came together pretty quickly. She's also a very accomplished writer in her own right. So we tag teamed on writing as SEO rich copy as we could, because really with something like that, like it's not just about finding a good brand name or getting something that is authentically yourself. It's also about being where your customers are and being yeah. able to meet them where they're at. And so our next step from there was to create domain authority, so to speak, and to create the most SEO rich site that we could. Because when you searched for millennial voiceover before you weren't, you know, you'd find like a little bit here from one voice actor or from another voice actor. And now like you can't shake a stick and not and not find us. And one of the things that actually helped with that was we created an original explainer video for it. And again, it's, you know, part and parcel with meeting your customers wherever they might be at um, so you, you can help them and make that process just that much easier. So doing that explainer video, A, it was loads of fun, like, uh, you know, being able to write an autobiographical sketch about like myself and one of my best friends. Like, yes, I'm going to do that all day long. But it helped us reach new people, not only by being that much more searchable, but also, again, like it's something that we can point to of like, oh, you don't know what millennial voiceover is or why this matters or what we could do for you. Here's a really well-made minute and a half video, like all the other explainers that you see, but, you know, better because it's us. And it's it's one of those tools that like up until doing high end and millennial, I hadn't really thought of how much making your own explainer videos really helps. But man, there's a reason why as voice actors, we trade so much in that space. Yeah, it really does break things down, right? It forces you to to clarify your thoughts and clarify your message and do it in a in a short amount of time. So again, this is another business, right? This It sounds like, yep. you, you know, we talk about it like, oh, you created another brand, you created another website, but you know, there's been, obviously there's been significant investment into this partnership as well and getting the website up and running, creating the domain authority, investing in all of the SEO. And I think there's, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we're talking about branding and using these niche opportunities to create brands, but there's another greater lesson in all of this, which is the importance of being willing to invest in your business and knowing oh, that absolutely. if you make smart investments, returns will be generated. Like even with high end, you said, you know, it took a while to break even, but now you're there. It's 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 ultimately paid off. And it sounds like the same thing is happening with millennial with all of these investments. So that, let's go to the fourth one then, which is <laughs> sure. Blue Wave. This one became something entirely different. And I'm curious to know if this is how you initially set out for it or, or if it kind of evolved into a thing. But it's really become more of a platform. 
It's not a, yeah. it's not a, I don't want to call it a casting site. It's not specifically a casting site, but it really has become a platform for a lot of different voice actors. Do you still see that then as an extension of your own brand or, or has it kind of become totally its, its own thing? It's really in a lot of ways become its own thing, which is kind of wonderful to see. Cause I mean, for something that big, you know, as I mentioned, like I, my, all of my background before getting into voiceover was really in improv and sketch comedy. And, you know, when you want to build something sustainable, when you want to build a sustainable sketch show, like, you know, it's, it sounds a little weird, but at the end of the day, like the, the goal for me is always like, I want this to be able to live on whether or not I'm here. I want this to still be a thing that people can, that people can come back to. And Blue Wave is like, it's something that's kind of become bigger than all of us in that sense. This is one that started out where, again, Full credit to Maria. She's the one who saw who saw the market opportunity for this. Um, and then, you know, as we were starting to put our heads together, we we realized like, oh, we should really just lean into who we are because that is going to help us far more than trying to just like scattershot everybody. And it did. But the key with Blue Wave was we specifically sought out not only full-time talent with broadcast quality home studios, who could turn things around on a dime because like those are the three things that are an absolute must for doing political work but we specifically built this roster so that nobody is in each other's lane and we did that because you know if you're for people who are who are buying into this because it is a collective like we have monthly dues like it takes care of site maintenance it takes care of our social media it takes care of like all the back end stuff for us but at the end of the day we wanted to make sure that we weren't competing with each other for these. If you get a casting notice from your agent, you're going to be up against anywhere from six to 600 other people. Like, and, and it might even be more than that. You never know. Yep. Um, whereas, whereas for something like this, we intentionally kept it so that, you know, we've got one person for each demographic lane, both by age and style and, and race and such, as well as orientation. So that that way, no matter who it is that somebody is trying to connect with through their campaign, we've got somebody who is an authentic voice who can deliver it for them on a dime. And again, like, you know, with building this this site out and building this collective out, we worked really, really hard to all uh, establish domain authority right away. And that in and of itself ended up snowballing for us quite a bit because, you know, we had it somewhat with millennial voiceover. But once we got into Blue Wave, there's more of us. We can make this spider bigger, so to speak. Like we can put, uh, we could put pages upon pages upon pages that all have original copy that promote what it is that that we do and who we are and such, while also being like super strong with backlinking, which are all things that you know we learned from our pals at Voice Actor websites. Uh, they were an incredible. I, I actually, you know, I'm just realizing that I haven't credited them through all this, but they were instrumental in getting really in getting blue wave to where it is but also helping us build out millennial voiceover in a way that is going to get us domain authority and helping me build high-end in a way that is going to that is going to help uh get me domain authority if you're not working with them i can't recommend it enough you absolutely should be absolutely i'm making notes as i'm listening to you talk because there's things that are standing out to me and i mean the one the one thing that i just wrote down and i've seen this through all of the brands that you've created Find a hole, fill it, become the authority. I mean, really, yep. that's yep. that's was the which is you know that's entrepreneurship one hundred and one, right? Find find a hole, fill it. Well, make sure that there the hole needs to be filled and that there's an audience for that. Well, is there an audience for millennial voiceovers? Heck yeah, there is. 
Is there an mm-hmm. audience for Democratic voiceovers? Heck yeah, there is. Is the cannabis industry exploding exponentially? You better believe it is. So every single one of these was find a hole, fill it, become the authority. And I think that's yep. the other become the authority, I think, is the important piece of the puzzle, right? It's it's not just a matter of setting up a website or even throwing some demos on it. You had to work really hard to become the authority figure, spending uh, spending money, investing money to to get that credibility. And then the other thing that I wrote down, which seems to be consistent through all of this, is is all in finding the right partners, whether it's yes. whether it's an actual partner like you and Maria teaming up to create some of these, or whether it's partnering with Cliff and Anne on creating demos, partnering with voice actor websites to to build that domain authority. So there's other pieces of the puzzle that come together in order to build out all of these brands and and make them work the way that they do. Oh, completely, completely. I mean, like, it's one of those adages that you hear so much that you're like, oh, wow, what a cliche. But it's also so true. Like, you need to surround yourself with people who who trust you, who you can trust, who are going to give you good advice, um, who are not just going to to take your money and run. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that these are all people that like that I became friends with before I started working with in these manners, which is part of why we had such a I've, I've had such great working relationships with all of them and have been able to build so much. But at the end of the day, like that's that's really who you need to find. Like, and it, you know, it, it, you need to find your own authority, so to speak. Yep. Uh, other other people who can who can speak to those spaces and really do have have your best interests at heart rather than just their own bottom line. Yeah, for sure. So with creating four separate brands, mm-hmm. I have to believe that in certain areas, there are absolutely advantages to having things separated. I think, you know, you kind of touched on that when you talked about high end and, you know, keeping that separate from fish sounds to make sure you weren't upsetting any clients and then also, you know, separate LLC to protect yourself legally. So talk to us a little bit about if there's any specific advantages to having everything separated and has there been any disadvantages to having all the separate brands and websites and whatnot? It ends up being, I don't mean for this to sound like a cop out, but it ends up being two sides of the same coin, right? So the advantages are that like everything is everything is separate. Like I'm somebody who uh, I work really well when I get to compartmentalize things, um, which is part of how like I'm able to do all of this stuff and then still be, you know, be out making sketch comedy and uh, and doing, you know, editing online satire and all that fun stuff while still being able to go to sleep at night and, you know, see my wife. The flip side to it is that like if I'm not careful I can get really overwhelmed very quickly. Yeah. And so which, you know, naturally, it's hard enough to to do that with one business, let alone when you're when you're trying to juggle, you know, four different specific irons in the same not the same fire, but like you're trying to keep all these different fires going or these irons going, whatever the metaphor may be. But at the end of the day, like for me, it's being able to separate out that like this is something that is exclusively for Blue Wave and knowing that like that is still going to help me with growing my business, even though it's it's helping the collective like the Blue Wave is, man, talk about an example of like we all do better when we all do better. It's one of my favorite things about that is that like we're all having individual successes, but like we're having some great successes. Keisha Monk, she was just a live announcer for the Tonys last weekend. Like she's and she's been one of our talents from the beginning. Like it's it's incredible to me to see like the the people that I get to work with and like, you know, we get to build each other up in these ways. I know I, I digressed, but I just remembered like how awesome that is. Like yeah. I am so proud of my friend for that. Like Absolutely. how could you not be, you know? Yeah. And to the point of of keeping track of them and such, like I think that it's 
there are definitely specific things that I know, like this is just for this is just for fish sounds, you know, clearly for the cannabis stuff. Like I know that this is just for high end. One of my agents is in San Francisco and they specifically will send me cannabis stuff every now and then. And when they do, you know, certainly when it comes across for them, because that's part of what got me in the door was, hey, I have this whole business for the cannabis industry, knowing that that is all stuff that's going to be funneled through that LLC. But otherwise, it's, you know, I'm lucky that it's all set up in such a way where it's, is this just for my business? Then it's fish sounds. Is this for cannabis? Then it's high end. Is this me and Maria just like having it, just making a bunch of sketch comedy together? And for this sales funnel, that's millennial. Is this political? Then it's absolutely blue wave. So I've got those ways to compartmentalize yeah. that don't end up overwhelming me because I set those up from the beginning. Uh, I've tried doing it in the past where uh, realizing, you know, a few weeks in like, oh, crap. I did not set up my boundaries right. And then going back and like trying to like undo that and reset my habits. And man, that's that's the worst. I'm I'm such a creature of habit and having to actively reset my habits is terrible. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. So I guess the next question that comes to my mind then is I'm listening to you talk about you're talking about advantages, you're talking about disadvantages. I'm nerding out over you. This these are businesses. And I think mm -hmm. that's where I geek out over this stuff is because, you know, when we when we think of voice acting, we tend to think of the creative, the performance, you know, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, my objective here with the podcast is is business and marketing and just, you know, helping helping voice actors to think about that side of things. Yeah. I've listened to yeah. you talk about demos, websites, working with Celia on branding, um, you know, working hard at domain authority and SEO, all these different things. And every single one of them has been an investment. And Completely. maybe this won't be a fair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Of all of the different things across all of these different brands that you've invested in, is there one that you think like, yeah, that's the one. And if I ever add a fifth, a sixth, a seventh brand, if anybody's listening to this, who's thinking about doing this stuff, this is the <laughs> one thing I think that you need to think about like this is the one investment that's that's paid the greatest return or have they all been pretty equal for you? It, it's a little complicated because like Fish Sounds is still where I end up getting getting most of my most of my business from. Like if there's, you know, the the one business or the one of these that I would say that I'm like the proudest of where I'm like, oh, man, if I'm doing things like this ever again, like this is exactly how I'm doing it. It's Blue Wave. And it's because like Blue Wave came out with such granted, like they've all got very specific perspectives. But this is one that was like aimed squarely at a market that existed, filling a hole that uh, that needed to be filled. And also by the nature of the people that we partnered with kind of had no choice but to succeed. Like when you when you break it down, like you look you look through the talent that we were able to to bring into this collective for Blue Wave. There's there's no way that we can't uplift each other. There's no way that like that this level of talent is not going to be booking things left and right. So. It's it's finding good wagons to hitch to yep. in addition to your own, uh, you know, while while making sure that you're pulling your own weight. But yeah, if there's I mean, that all said, like if there's one thing that is worth investing in out of all of those, like, you know, as far as like the resources of time and money, man, it's finding the people that you click with. And I mean, really click with. And I say that because all the other stuff, you know, the the quality of your website, the quality of your demos, the quality of your coaching, like your your workout group, whatever it may be. Like those are all going to come back to the same the same question, which is like, 
how good is this core of people that I'm working with? Who am I surrounding myself with? Because once you find people who who not only match your work ethic, but also get your sensibility and where you're trying to go and want to, you know, and mutually want to build with you, like that's the stuff that you can't like again, it sounds cliche, you literally can't put a price on that because everything else is going to follow from there. Yeah, for sure. Good people, right? Having a great team. Yeah. Having a great yeah. team, that is the ultimate answer because as long as you've got the right people who are the best at what they do, everything kind of falls into place. And so I I just I love hearing you didn't try to do, you know, one I guess one of the frustrations that I have is voice actors are constantly trying to do things on the cheap, right? How do I get this for free? What, mm, you're going to charge mm-hmm. me for that? What, you expect me to pay for this thing? No, I want the service that does the free. And you didn't do that. You respected your business. You respected your brand. You respected what you were trying to accomplish. You went out. You found the best people. You partnered with them. You invested money. And it's not an accident that you have four unique brands, very unique brands, and every single one of them is kind of standing on their own two feet right now. And I think there's a, there's a, a real inspirational, motivating message in there that people, I hope, people are absolutely paying attention to you know i'll I'll tell you what off of that like i am such a huge proponent of the notion of you pay the expert to do the job right Mm -hmm. and it's not just because like that is that is 100 what's worked with my business but that's also you know you think about the conversations that you're having with potential clients and you know being being resistant to your rates and that's a lot of what that argument comes down to is like, hey, let me take this problem off your plate. I'm not only going to be able to make it good, I'm going to make it great. It's going to be better for you and you won't ever have to worry about it again. That's why when you find a mechanic that that's doing the right things for your car, you just go to them. Like it's, you know, when you find somebody who's about to do some work on your house, you pay the expert to do the thing that they're the expert in. Yeah. And you end up just losing so much more. And there, there's no way to tell how much you're losing when you shortchange your business because you're also shortchanging yourself. If you want to have longevity in this business, it is so much more worth it to just take the time to to do it right, which is kind of a crappy thing to say. Like, I totally get it that there's because there's no one one way that is right or wrong, whatever it may be. But to like actually get quality because yeah. if you're if you have quality you're going to present quality which means that you're going to be booking quality gigs you know to echo your point like it drives me nuts to see that with just about anybody who's who's one of my friends to see them you know cut off their nose to spite their face but especially for people who are trying to gain a foothold in the voiceover industry you may as well just be shooting yourself in the foot and then trying to run a three-legged race like it's it's never going to work out well yeah absolutely one of the things that I've been thinking about as I've been listening to all of this, I know you've spent a great deal of investment in SEO and establishing mm-hmm. domain authority. And so I'm guessing that that's one of your primary sources of getting traffic to these different sites, these different brands. What about social media? Are you using social media? Does each brand have its own social media accounts or social media presence? How are you working that? So we do for some of them. Blue Wave absolutely has its own social media. Millennial VoiceOver does as well. And uh, Marie and I also created an offshoot sketch comedy series to promote ourselves with Millennial VoiceOver called Stock Photo Films. And that's got its own social as well. Those are more to just like keep people engaged. I don't really do a whole lot of social media. I'm starting to just put more things out there just to have that presence. 
But really, the way in which I find my clients and maintain my, my relationships is through email marketing. Yeah. And actually, let me, let me take that back. I'm pretty involved communicating with people directly on LinkedIn, even though I don't really post on there very much. I know that I should do it more. But that's where most of my conversations are happening if they're not happening through email. But otherwise, it's one of those things where I have never been super interested in social media to begin with. I recognize that there is absolutely opportunities out there that I might be I might be missing out on by not engaging more. But at the same time, like I feel like my plate is pretty full and it's not like I don't have new things walking in the door as well. So at, after a certain point, it's like, well, how much is it really worth it for me to be pushing on those right now? That's just where I'm at. You know, I know that there are a lot of people who who swear by mining clients through Twitter, you know, or through Instagram, whatever it may be. It just hasn't been a huge part of my mix in the places where it has been. I've I've outsourced it because I just don't want to spend more time on those than I have to. That's one of the things I love about this, though, is that everybody's got a way, right? Some people yep. email marketing is their thing. Some people cold calling is their thing. Like you could not pay me money to make a cold call. But I know people that their entire business is built on that. For somebody totally. else, it's social media. For somebody else, it's investing in SEO and, and all of these different things. And so that's why I love hearing about all the different ways that people are marketing themselves and putting themselves out there to find work. So we've got four brands. Mm -hmm. Fish Sounds is, we'll, we'll call it the flagship, right? This is the, yes. this yeah, is the foundational the brand. High end is the super targeted niche market. Mm -hmm. Millennial is the partnership. Blue Wave is the collective. Yes. So totally different approaches, which I yes. love. And I hope that that encourages people to think a little bit differently about how they approach some of this stuff. With all of these different models, do you have one that's your favorite or one that you think has worked the best? I know you said that Blue Wave kind of really turned into its its own thing. Is, is that where it's at for you still? Or do you still love... You know, are, are, you, are you still passionate about all of these different models and, and different unique ways of doing the thing? Um, you're, it's almost like you're asking me to choose a favorite child. Uh, I figured it was going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, or, you know, I can point to, uh, you know, I remember asking my asking my mom that as a kid, like, hey, who's your favorite? And she's like, I love both of you for different things, which is a great diplomatic answer. Yes. Uh, and also also very true, hopefully for my mother, but certainly for my brands. But for each one, you know, they all bring different things into my sales funnel in different ways. But I also, you know, again, like they're all very fulfilling in different ways. It's really hard to not be incredibly proud of fish sounds because that is like wholly uniquely me, like all mine from from the ground up. And it's something that like 100 percent is me. And I am super proud of through and through. Uh, I love what I get to do with that brand, you know, for high end, like the fact that like, you know, pushing all of my chips in into something like that that is pretty unproven but like being able to bet on myself that hard and having it turn out reasonably well you know i'm super proud of that like that is for, awesome like i love it that yeah. was so <laughs> fun to watch that come into development and i mean talk about taking a flyer that just like most people their butts would have puckered and they wouldn't have went for it but you did it and you've you've done it and it was it's so cool that you that you have made that work. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really happy with with the way that all of that has turned out. And again, like, you know, as there are with with all voiceover businesses, like there are ups and downs, Mm -hmm. you know, that first year in particular was like, gosh, why did I do this? Like I could have because ultimately it ended up costing me like I went for it hard. Yep. Uh, and it ended up being like just over five figures all in all to to start that business. That's without the the normal things of starting a voiceover business, because I clearly like I already had all the equipment. I had the studio, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But that was it was so important to me to make sure that I'm doing everything possible to to be legally on board, to present myself as that authority and to be able to bring my authentic self to it and to really be able to to help the industry, an industry that I want to survive. And obviously it's going to survive without me or not, but like it's something that's like that's important to me because it's honestly helped me a lot in my life, both with having migraines and ADHD, as well as figuring out some important things about myself. At the end of the day, it's really lovely to just be able to to bet on yourself yeah. and see it go, yep. you know? Absolutely. So look, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about the fact that there was four brands mm-hmm. and you, you told me I'm good Four is four is plenty Four, I can't, you know, I don't know that I need to throw anything else into the mix Four, uh, four seems to be the spot, but what, what's this I hear about maybe starting to venture into some video production? Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, I, everything that I'm doing with, with that is, is very much outsourcing where it's like, I know where I where I fit and it all kind of serves back to being able to to further the business that I have. So for the explainer production, that was very much born out of a need of recognizing that, again, as a voiceover actor, I'm the cherry and and I'm out there trying to sell cherries when everybody's still looking for Sundays. That was out of necessity. And that's turned into some really great partnerships. And then as far as like the the sketch stuff for for millennial, we outsource all of that. Like that is very much us screwing around with a couple friends of ours and just making some silly things. I uh, I have zero desire to learn how to edit video as well. I have enough hats. There's enough hats on this bald head as it is. I don't need to be a Shel Silverstein poem and get, you know, four more or anything like that. So it, it all comes back to strategic partnerships again, right? Yes. And yes. that's one of the Full. things that I love, right? You you found a way to to fill a need where clients that you're pursuing need a thing that they don't know how to get. And maybe on the high end side, they're like, I don't, where do I get a video? Who even creates a video on the fish sound side? You've got, I've got a list of video clients that, that are doing fantastic work. Let me bring the two of you together. And those two brands now complement each other. And you've created a strategic partnership. It's a win, win, win all the way around. Right. One of your video clients gets to potentially create a video. One of your high end clients now gets to have their video created. In the midst of all of that, hopefully you get to do the voiceover, but if nothing else, you brought two people together and added value. So it's it's just, you know, creating strategic partnerships all along the way. And I love that too. Thank you. And you know what? You just touched on something that I think is really important as well, which is always looking to create that value for your clients. I know that like it can be hard to uh, to check your ego and recognize that like even though, you know, I brought Project X together, whatever it may be, that I might not be the right voice for it. But, you know, again, like I'm lucky to have some really talented friends that I can then push towards them and be like, if you don't want me, totally get it. Like, you know, there's there are things that I'm right for and there's a lot more things that I'm not right for. Let me help you find, you know, three to five voices that will yes. hit on what you need. Because at the end of the day, like I still want them coming back to me. Yep. Yep. I love it. 
And that's one of the, I think we miss the mark there sometimes. I think we think that if we connect them to somebody else, they won't come back. And my whole point is, if I can help my clients and be a resource to my client in that way, it's only going to make them more loyal to me in the end. And so, Fully. yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, this has been incredible. And I hope that it inspires people to start thinking of things a little bit differently. And maybe there are some niche opportunities or uh, uh, some new brands that are going to get created out of this or some new collectives that are going to get formed. For anybody that wants to be able to find out a little bit more about you and each of these brands, give us a rundown of where we can get connected or where we can find all this stuff online. And then uh, I'll throw it in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Thanks, man. So flagship is fishsoundsvo.com and a naturally uh, highendvo.com for high-end voiceover, uh, millennialvoiceover.com, and then bluewavevoiceover.com are where you'll be able to find all of those. And then uh, also an interesting side thing that came out of all of this, so I mentioned that I do all sorts of comedy stuff as well. High-end led me into a really great satire gig running editorial for a cannabis satire site. So if that sounds interesting to anybody as well, check out oregano.com. Right on. Now, I'm going to ask this question because it inevitably somebody's going to wonder that's listening. Blue uh-huh. Wave. Can people yes. submit demos at this point or are you good where you are at? You've got your roster. You're good to go. And I only ask because I don't want you sure. start to get like a thousand demos from people if you're if you're not accepting. We are typically, we're, we're generally not accepting. You know, okay. you're always welcome to, think, if you've got a niche that you think that we're missing, feel free to send to send it on in. But otherwise, you know, if you hear somebody on there that's that's already in your lane, I would say don't don't bother right now. Uh, sorry, I know that that's that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer to hear. But much like with you know, granted, we're not an agency. We're absolutely not an agency. But yep. much like with agencies, you know, we don't want to create any extra competition that we don't need to. Yep. But you know, again, if anybody out there sees a niche that we're missing, feel free to send on uh, send your demo in. We'd love to give it a listen. Right on. Ian, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to to share from uh, your experience and your wisdom. And I know that people are going to learn some stuff from from this episode. And I'm excited to hear from other voice actors who are maybe they've already had some of those branding ideas, but they just needed that one little kick in the tush to actually turn it into something. And this might be the episode that inspires them. So thank you so much for uh, for your time and for the value that you've added to the podcast and to the audience. And we appreciate your wisdom, man. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Mark. I really do hope that this that this creates some more niche brands because you know you don't have to go necessarily so hard that you're that you're going into something that is extra legal, but like you can absolutely make something that is still authentically yourself and your loves and and go make some hay in a place where nobody else is really making hay right now. Um, they're absolutely out there. Go find them. Right on. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Great to hear you, man. There are a lot of ways to take your unique value proposition and expand that out for your business. And it could be in simply how you brand your main voiceover website. It could be in spots that you include on the demos that you create or even on creating a specific niche branded demo. Or you could take it all the way like Ian did. Maybe it means setting up an entirely different website, registering an entirely different URL, and creating an entirely unique niche branding component to your business to help you pursue that one area of voiceover or that one target market that you think that you could totally dominate in voiceover. And I really do 
love hearing about how Ian has managed to grow this. I had the good fortune of working with Ian when he was in my mastermind group a couple of years ago, and that was when he was first developing high-end. And just being a part of that conversation and, and watching him put all the pieces together was so much fun. And to see where he's taken it now and then taking the lessons from high-end and turning it into what became Millennial and what became Blue Wave VoiceOver, it's just been so much fun to, to watch that grow. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to do the same, and I hope that you have been inspired by this episode. If you've learned something from this episode, if you've been inspired by this episode, would you do me one quick favor? Would you share in your Instagram stories to let me know that you are listening and to let other people know what you are learning? And when you do it, make sure that you tag me, at Mark Scott. That's my handle on Instagram, at Mark Scott. I would love to know what you thought. I'd love to know what you are learning, and I'd love to know how this episode has inspired you. As always, you can subscribe wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. And when you do that, you're never going to miss one of these episodes. Take a minute to leave a review wherever you are listening as well, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Music, literally everywhere where fine podcasts are given away for free. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday VOPreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAmp player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voiceam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.